last time on Join the Party. Johnny, Tracy, and Inara travel back across the river into the Antopolis ruins. Alonzo stumbles across some discarded arrows in an abandoned building. And Johnny gives some good advice? Hey, Alonzo. I uh, wouldn't use the fourth and fifth arrow in that cover. <laughs> okay, make that a fictional threat to keep him in line. When the party runs into Zuby the Stone Giant, Anara drinks a mind-reading potion and uses it to see directly into Zuby's swirling mind. What I can touch is real. Climb aboard, little dream. The giant points them in the direction of his home in the center of the city, which the bone whale flooded and now resides. Inside the cave, the party activates the giant's security system, a weird sticky ooze heading right for them. We're okay, Evan, don't worry. Uh, I mean, worry a little bit, we're stuck. One giant task down, another giant task to go. Let's get the party started. Let's roll initiative. Uh, Eric, I'm actually scared to release this dice right now. Well, I got a 19, so we got good juju. Did you include your initiative? No. Because I got a 19. I rolled 19, but I got a plus plus three. three. (gasps) 22. 22. We're feeling 22 right here. We are feeling 22. We're feeling 22. You guys both got 22. We both got 22. (laughs) You know I'm going to mess this up, right? (laughs) Tracy with a one. Let's see it. Let's go, son. Oh! <laughs> this is a great start. Very good job, team. This will be the only time we all roll well. Uh, yep, this whole episode. Yeah, it's going to go yep. downhill from here. Totally squandered it. It was too good. All right, where we left off, Johnny is covering Alonzo with Blade Ward. And I assume just like your cloak is just like over the top of him. Yep. And Sigils are dancing around me to protect from the absolutely nothing. Tracy's also standing by after he tried to grappling hook himself up. Anara is 10 feet up on the ledge, which is heading further into Zuby's cave. And there is a black, viscous, gross, disgusting thing heading right towards all three of you. All right, Tracy, with your only nat 20 you're going to roll today. Uh, what do you want to do? Thanks for the confidence boost, DM. Uh, I just believe in math. Part of the cards. I'm going to throw a rope up to Inara, hopefully have her catch it, and then help everyone else up the rope. Which of your seven ropes, apparently, which you have, are you going to throw? Uh, number four is this most steadfast one, so I'm going to use that one. Uh, that's the one which is just a series of handkerchiefs, like you're a magician? Yeah. Okay, cool. Yeah. It comes out of my sleeve. <laughs> All right. Uh, you throw your handkerchief rope up to Inara, and I would say it's pretty easy. You can just grab that out of the air. Cool. Sweet. <laughs> I'm going to push Alonzo up the rope to make sure he can go up the rope. Sure. Inara, make a strength check just to hold all this biz. Sure. 19, zero modifier. Hey. So 19. Alonzo, clumsy like the kid who failed out of gym that he is, shimmies. very slowly shimmies himself up the rope. And I'll uh, make sure and take his hand and help him get up onto the ledge so he doesn't foil it at the last minute and fall down. Oh, yeah. He throws his whole weight against you, and he's like, oh, it was really hard. 
great. I'm so, sweating through my doublet. I'm going to push him back and have him just stand with his back to the wall about six feet from the ledge because I don't want him to fall. Cool. I mean, I'll climb up right after him and I don't need help getting up there. I just do. You're a workman walking up I'm, the rope. Uh, right? You know, me with my rope skills. It be done. Okay, cool. It is now Alonzo's turn. Alonzo is watching the ooze like glomb its way towards you and it's like oozing and just like pussing and it's disgusting. So he takes the bow and arrow off of his back and he knocks a arrow. I whisper to Alonzo, make sure it's not the fourth or the fifth. Yeah, he pulls the fifth arrow out. He's like, I'm going to do it anyway. It's going to mess him up. He knocks the arrow and pulls it back, and he lets it fly. As the arrow flies through the air, the arrow starts to glow. This is a different color than it glows before. The medallion uses this glow as a bright light, but this one is glowing a goldish color. And as the arrow flies through the air, it's almost like it's taking some of the space behind it. It's like there's a wake He's creating a wake of just, like, time and energy as it flies through the air. And the arrow lands right in the middle of the gross ooze. And nothing happens for a second. And it's like someone pulled the drain out of a bathtub. The ooze just goes spiraling into a point in the middle of it and disappears. And Halazza says... I told you not to use it. How? What? That's a cursed arrow! You there was actually a cursed arrow? I told you not to use it, Alonzo. I mean, it's gone. That's pretty tight, I guess. Tracy is flabbergasted. So is Anara. I'm just standing with my hands on my hips, looking at Alonzo with, like, the highest eyebrows I can possibly muster. I'm too deep in this uh, lie, so I'm acting as if I knew this was happening the whole time. (laughs) Can you make a deception? 22. Oh, yeah. If you continue to tell him this arrow's cursed, it's cursed. Alonzo, if you're going to keep wasting those cursed arrows like that, maybe you should give it to someone else. No, no, these are mine. I call dibs. These are I can I got it. I want to I want to do stuff. I mean, look, I sent that thing away. Uh, Alonzo, why don't you just keep your eyes out? That was that was pretty dope, Alonzo. Not, I'm I'm not going to lie. Uh, Thank you. How does no one else think that's dope as hell? Why don't I, I think we... it's pretty dope too. See, okay, two out of three ain't bad. I'll take it. Why don't we? Two out it's... of three adventurers think it's dope. Johnny motions Alonzo over to help us hold the rope up as Tracy Guys, I'm coming! <laughs> scrambles up the, 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 the napkin rope. The handkerchief, the handkerchief rope. As I'm going up the rope, the rope end is going back into my sleeve. Aww. Oh, nice. Oh, I like that. Nice. All right, Tracy, do you want to do anything while you're in here? I want to pat everyone on the back and say, Great job, team! Cool. We all go in, hands in, and go... Three, two, we don't have one, an adventure Captain team Planet. We don't have an adventure team name. We don't. That's like a major... Defenders of the Realm. Ugh, so uh, Defenders, no, I don't like it. I take it back. Uh, we'll we'll workshop it as ooze, we as we ooze, explore the start game. Ooze cave. folks. Nope. <laughs> ooze folks it is. Lightbringers. <laughs> Johnny and his friend. Johnny, Johnny and the Lightbringers. Johnny and the Lightbringers. So I think Ooh, it's... it's so Alonzo and pals. How's that? No. No. I'm the champion and his security. Nope. Alonzo is my client, not my pal. To be very clear. Alonzo and the clients. Nope. Alonzo and the client. That's nope. my that's what was my band name in high school. Magic high school. I got it. The jailbirds. Jailbirds is pretty good. Yeah, I like this a lot. That's pretty good. 
All right, you three jailbirds at Alonzo. Okay, yeah, yes. yeah, I like it. We All put right. our hands in and go jailbirds. Wait, yeah. I was never, I wasn't in jail. Let's go, Alonzo. <laughs> okay, as you guys have had this fun, good time, friendship, all four of you hear a poof, and you look back over the lip, and the ooze is back. It has popped right back into the same place where you left it, and now it's still undulating and oozing and being all gross. And what about the arrow? Yeah, the arrow is stuck right in the middle of it. Well, didn't do great of a job. Uh, let's just keep going. The black ooze is just like bubbling and gurgling and being gross. But you guys can, all four of you can just running away. I mean, we're not running. We're confidently walking. You're mm-hmm. confidently walking Striding away purposefully. Okay. Confidently running as fast as I can. <laughs> <laughs> this cave is pretty long. Uh, the tunnel's like about a thousand feet long and it is pretty dark. The dancing lights are giving you some sort of illumination, even in the darkness. Uh, Everyone make a perception check. I got a very solid 21. I got a 9. 14 plus 2 for a 16. Anara, Alonzo's shoes are untied. I'm going to laugh a little bit. (laughs) Johnny and Tracy... You see on the walls around you from the illumination of the dancing lights. Tracy, these are the same carvings that you've noticed all over the previous city. These like pictograms that you can't read and are in some sort of strange language. Now, Eric. Yeah. I seem to have the ability to read anything. No, I understand that. Using the eyes of the runekeeper invocation as a warlock. And I, perchance, perhaps, may be interested in reading these, finally, since I haven't <laughs> expressed an interest before. No. Well, hey, now you have things to read. Okay. So on your left, there is one particular thread of a story. And you can read the first bit of it as it goes up the wall. Once, there was a giant who hid all of his food in case there was a famine. They wanted to make sure that they could find their food again when the famine hit. So... They wrote all of the words they knew in a row on a wall. Beast, meat, barrel, stone, fist. And these words continue up and up and up, about 20 feet in the air. And it ends at a lip of something carved into the wall. Hey, Johnny, are you getting getting any of this? I share this information with the group. What do we see further down in the hall? Sure. There is a archway right in the middle, and it is carved directly into the stone, similar to the two trap doors with the boulders coming down and this door, which had the one boulder, but then you can continue through. Any writing on it? Yeah, actually, it's kind of funny. You see this list of words continues down the rest of the corridor and then around the archway. Is it like a Candyland board that leads up there and then down? Or it's just like there's words everywhere, including a stream? It is exactly like a Candyland board. This writing is about right in the middle of this thousand foot cavern. And as you look back, you hear the burbling and the gulping and the disgusting sounds of the ooze, which has now shimmied its way up the stone wall and is now slowly oozing towards you. So it's about 500 feet away. It is 500 feet away now, but now it has now oozed its way up the sheer cliff and is now bubbling at you. I say good for it. It's taking its time. Good for it. You know, like eventually it might reach us, but for now it's okay. Good for it. Gross. All right, Johnny, why don't you keep an eye on that? Tracy, uh, and our shrugs off her pack. 
uh, Trace, can you can you just give me a little boost here? Yeah. And I put my hands out like a platform and take her foot. Yeah, I'm going to step into it, put my hand on your head, and... That's my eyeball! No, it's not. It's the top kidding. of your head. <laughs> uh, okay, I'll, I'll... Ready? So on three, you're going you're gonna to toss me up in the air. Ready? Got it. Okay, and when I fall back down, try catch, to catch me. Catch you. Yeah. Tr- no, right. I will catch you, but okay. yes. All right. Ready? Ready. One, One two, two, three. three four. four. And I throw her up. <laughs> on four? Yeah. Great. You're compromising um, my role. All right, great. Anari, you have disadvantage on acrobatics. And Tracy, you're going to make a strength check. Fourteen plus six for a non-natural twenty. Okay, uh, six plus three for a nine. Whew, okay, so even with the uncoordinated try that y'all did, Tracy, you fling her just about to ten feet, and Anara, with your deft hands, you grab yourself against this lip and you pull yourself up. Sorry, sorry, Anara. I ignore him and try to perceive whatever is around me using the light of the dancing lights globe. Alonzo turns to Tracy and says, you, you can count to three, right? Alonzo, do you really want to have this conversation right now? Guys, keep an eye on the ooze down there. Yeah, the ooze is now 450 feet away. Okay. They Listen, like if we forward. can just keep moving, that, that ooze will never reach us. Like the we'll slow be, creep of death, we're going to stay just ahead of it. We'll be in Fidopolis by the time it gets to the other side of this uh, cavern. <laughs> it follows. Alola. Okay. Anara, up there, you see another statue, like the ones that you've seen before. This one has regular-sized arms, legs, regular-looking humanoid, except it is bent in a 90-degree angle, like it is doing the limbo. Okay. Like, at the knee is just bent totally backwards. That is super creepy. And then Anara doesn't know the limbo. So I am going to shout down, uh, guys, there's a statue up here with a person bending really weird. Like, like the wind blew them over, but only at the knees. Is that all that's up there? Well, it's on a pedestal, like the one before. And the word, the Candyland Trail, does it continue, like, around the cavern and back down? Yes. Okay. The or ooze is 400 feet away. What, what should I do, guys? I pick it up. I mean, they're nice statues. We can use them to decorate later. It's just going to make bad things happen. I think if we don't do it, we're going to risk, like, um, not knowing the bad things are going to happen. Like, well, at least we'll see it. The ooze is 350 feet away. The speed of this ooze is troubling. We, In order to get to the first door, we had to lift the first statue. So we're going to yeah, have to. Yeah, no, I'm getting yeah. Tracy, hold out your cape. Get ready to catch me. I'm ready. I'm All right. You sure? All right. I'm sure. And I hold out my cape. Devar, damn it. I'm going to grab the statue and then jump swan dive style down to Tracy. Tracy, let's make a dexterity roll. I think I made the wrong decision. You did not. 14 plus 1 for 15. Ah, good. Anara, you just Glad belly die. You belly flop right into the loving arms of this cape. Great. And you're cradled like a kitten jumping from a high tree. I, I wrap her and give her an embrace and then let her go. Trace, Trace we, we, we got to go, y'all. No time for hugs. So I would suggest Hugs that are for winners, Tracy. We, <laughs> <laughs> did anything happen with the archway when we moved the statue? Right. So, well, first of all, the ooze is 150 feet away. Anara, as you land in Tracy's cape bassinet. I prefer to think of it as a hammock, but continue. (laughs) I do too. (laughs) As you land in Tracy's cape hammock and then you get swaddled like a little baby. Yep. The archway starts to rumble and a stone wall starts to come down that front archway. So let's all start dashing. Let's all dash forward. Yep. And I'm going to use my fast movement. What does that mean? 
I get plus 10 to my movement. Oh, tight. Oh, wait. Also, I want Alonzo in front of me. At all <laughs> <laughs> tight, 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 tight. Okay, good to know. Yeah, if I manage to tumble under the door, I'm going to immediately look back to see if I can pull someone else through. Great. I'm going to send one of the lights up on the other side of the door so that it, there's light on that other side. Cool. So if I get there first, I'm going to stick the statue I've been holding like right underneath the door, and then I'm going to try to actually hold it up a little bit. Great. So let's all make your rolls for these things. Which I'm using strength for that. You're going to use strength, yeah. 17 plus 6, 23. I got a solid 5. I should have probably persuaded this door to not fall. Yeah, that would have been better. I would have gotten the 10. Do performance, and then you just no, dance no, so well. Pers- that wall is like, wow. <laughs> Tracy, what'd you get? 12 plus 3 for 15. Okay. Alonzo got a 11. So here's the thing. You guys made quick work of everything. Tracy and Anara, you make it through the door really easily. I mean, you guys have still have like halfway to go, really. This was moving pretty slow, and you didn't have the limbo, and you guys are relatively small for the doorway in which you have to do stuff. You also are putting the statue down, correct? Yes. Okay, cool. So you're going to put the statue down to the bottom, and you're going to try to hold it. Tracy, valiant. You look really cool when you do it, but like this thing is just pressing down on you. You cannot push against this thing. Got it. But it looked really cool if someone was looking at it. It was like, wow, look at that robot man trying to save all these kids. Who is this uh, person? Who is this unseen observer? What is their name, canonically? His name is Steven. So he Steven really likes the... fantasy movies. And he's like, wow, this robot man is really doing a really good job. I love this podcast. John, you hang back to try to make sure Alonzo gets through the door. Yep. And Alonzo just is much faster than you assume. But he actually like outruns you. Great. You try to like grab his hand and pull him, but like he's outrunning you. Great. And love it. you get kind of more distracted by Alonzo making sure what he's doing than paying attention to where the door is. Sure. And you just run right into the door. At this point, it is like at face at face height for you, and you run smack into it, and you fall prone. And then I will crab walk my way under it. Sure. You take five damage. Okay. Well, I'm going to pull at his ankle. Yeah, I think I would do the same thing. And everyone slides under the door. What's the ooze situation? Is there a risk of it getting under the door? Yeah, thank you. Good question. The ooze is just kind of all like shambling, shimmering forward. The door is locked on top of the statue that Tracy put under the door. Tracy, grab it. And the ooze is about 50 feet away. And you can actually see that the ooze is starting to flatten itself down. Tracy's going to dash for the statue and try to rip it out from underneath the door. Okay. Strength, then. 15 plus 3 for 18. As I said before, the door is coming down with a whole lot of force, and it is pressing directly down on the top of the statue. You try to pull at it once from the top, and it just doesn't budge. But you take a second attempt as the ooze is getting closer and closer and closer, and you pull from the bottom that time. And the force from the bottom tips it over, and you're able to grab the statue as the door starts to level down. And you know what? Surprisingly, oozes really bad dexterity. (laughs) <laughs> the ooze just kind of like slaps itself against the door and you hear uh, just like the sound of someone throwing a watermelon at a door. All four of you are slumped down against the stone door, breathing heavily after you dashed your way under the, the door. I'm going to reposition my lights. Listen, light situation, V important for me at all times. I have two over us and two ahead of us. So Johnny, that's interesting that you say that. Oh. As you move the two 
dancing lights around the room, you realize that these dancing lights aren't the only light source in this cavern. I'm all about this. I'm a fan. Yeah, there is a flame. Mm. There is a fire right in the center of this room. And as you look closer, you realize that the fire is in the shape of a sword. And it's illuminating your half-dead friend, Jamie. But it looks like he can't really move at all. There's like a cage or something surrounding him that he's like banging his fists and the sword against. And as the lights get closer to him, it illuminates that that cage is a rib cage that expands out and he is inside of the bone whale. Hey, it's Eric. Has one of your friends ever gone away on a long trip? And it's been so strange without them there, like a person-sized hole in your daily life. Finally, they come back and you're so happy to see them and they brought you a little gift. And it's not that you're getting a present, but for that a few minutes on vacation without you, they thought, hey, I think they'd like that and brought you a physical manifestation of that moment. This is the present. Welcome to the mid-roll. It's a tiny snow globe. Welcome to the party to our newest patrons, Liam, Emily, Roy, a new VIP, Sarah, Eli and Sean, and Marco. And thank you to Candace and Thomas who raised their pledges. You are the wind beneath our wings. Remember, for just $1 an episode, you can join our Patreon-only Discord, which is currently embroiled in a hot debate about eating dice. Should we crunch? Should we not crunch? Please don't crunch. No one should ever eat their dice. I'm looking at you. Head on over to patreon.com slash jointhepartypod. We also have some exciting news. We are now a part of Multitude, a new audio collective. We're creating a banner for all of us and our indie audio friends to rally around. So it's Join the Party, Potterless with Mike Schubert, a.k.a. Shubes, and the two podcasts made by the Spirits team, Spirits, a drunken dive into myths and legends, and Waystation, a rewatch podcast about the creepy, queer, and Canadian show Lost Girl, which I totally need to watch. Our mission is to create great shows about great stories and then make them sound greater than you ever imagined. Not much will change. Maybe you'll hear some trailers for them on our show. Maybe you'll hear us on theirs. We're all just coming together to lean on each other. You can find the Twitter account at Multitude Shows or the website www.multitude.productions. We are sponsored this week by 20-Sided Store in Brooklyn, New York. We love them with all of our hearts, especially because it is my local game store. But now they have leapt into cyberspace with an awesome new website. It is sleek and smart. You can sort all of their products into categories like games and cards and books and more. You can even pre-order what you want without leaving your couch. It is a gamer's paradise. And for listeners of JTP, we have a discount code for you. Use join the party all caps at checkout for 20% off. That's 20% of all of the stuff. That is so much. So head on over to 20, the full word, sided store, 20 T W E N T Y sided store.com and use our discount code join the party. 
Finally, it would be lovely if you recommended our show to someone you know. The best way to grow any podcast is by word of mouth. And we are the words, and you are the mouths here. Tell a close friend, a D&D buddy, an audio drama fan, a gargoyle enthusiast, a pen pal, anyone who could use our fun, silly, ridiculous fantasy story. And if you feel so inspired, throw us a review on iTunes or Apple Podcasts. It really, really helps, even if we have no idea what it actually does. Now, let's get back to the show. I don't even know who I was thinking of at that point. I just wanted to yell at someone. All of you just want to crunch. No crunching. You are in a very large circular, it's kind of like a main hall. It's this massive open air portion of this cavern. It is a big circle and the radius is 50 feet long. However, this is not just a stone cavern like you've been in before. There is a 30 foot radius pool of inky, disgusting black water right in the center of the cavern. And is the bone whale floating? Yeah, the bone whale is kind of like thrashing and floating around in the middle of this pool. And Jamie is caught inside of its ribcage. Do we see any other creatures, i.e. fish or bumblades? Well, yes, you do. Okay. Inside of the disgusting black water are schools of these dead fish are just swimming and bobbing through. And it's circulating in like a the entire length of the pool. And they're like jumping up and snapping at the air and diving back down. I'm going to let you all do one ability check before Biz starts going down. So I am going to walk up to this dark pool of water and do an investigation check. I'm not going to touch it, but I'm going to see if I can notice anything in particular. Sure. We'll make a roll on that. That was a eight. Okay. As you get close to the dark water, as soon as you get to the edge of it, the fish start jumping up and snapping at you. I mean, you were swimming in the water before when you were saving Cassie, but these things are even nastier. It's like they have, like, flesh coming off of the bones, and, like, they are just, like, all around disgusting. And they have, like, this viscous, like, black goop that you just do not like. It actually makes you a little bit sick. Yep, sounds about right. I'm going to sneak around the outside of this cave, like hugging the wall, sticking to the shadows, and try to make my way around to the other side of the pool, see what's over there. Sure. Stealth roll? Stealth roll. 14 plus 6 for a non-natural 20. Ooh, yeah. Anara, you're hugging the side of the cavern, and you don't have the sense that anyone notices what you're doing. As you walk around the side of the cave, on the left side, uh, you see a pedestal. That has no statue on it. I'm going to put the Limbo statue on that pedestal and keep walking. Okay. Because of that pedestal being there, I'm going to do my best focusing and perceptioning to trying to read as much of the runes as possible and understand what the pedestals are for and what the runes tell me. Sure. And that's a perception. Yeah. So I have an 11 for perception and my eyes of the rune keeper, which lets me read anything. Uh, yeah, you track the runes are uh, still circulate around this side of the cavern. They uh, go over to the right side. And this is another story. Once, there was a giant who spent too much time above ground. 
She saw monsters everywhere that she looked, so she ran. After running for hours, she came upon a beast larger than a hundred of her, and she swung her club as hard as she could. The beast was actually a mountain, and everyone knows the mountain can fight back. As you read it, the story ends about 40 feet up, and next to the story are divots that are carved into the stone, and it is large enough for a giant to clamber up that ladder, and it is the length of the ladder going from about 10 feet up and then to 40 feet up. Do the runes end there or continue up? No, they end right there. If it was like justified, this story is justified within the 30 feet of this stone ladder, and like that is the left margin, is these big stone divots. Is there a doorway at the top of the ladder? Yeah, there's another lip, like you saw before. Anara. Yes. You are now secured in your spot on the other side of the cavern. And you look back to the statue because there is a sound coming from the archway. And the door is starting to open up. And as the door opens up, the slime burbles and globbles and makes its way forward. And... Although it doesn't make a sound, it doesn't really see, it doesn't have good perception. So it just kind of like moseys its way right into the water. And Tracy, it's decently close to you from where you were expecting it. As it touches the water, these disgusting bonefish just start attacking it and just like ravaging it. And the ooze just gets devoured by these disgusting fish. And the bone whale turns towards the ooze, lets out a ear-splitting, echoing call, and looks at all four of you around the room. And let's get it on. Alright, we are back in initiative. We're going to start from the top. Tracy, go ahead. I think what I'm going to do is yell over to Alonzo and say, I want him to try to shoot the arrow into the water and see what happens. And then I'm going to delay my turn. Sure. Alonzo responds, I mean, yeah, I guess. I mean, am I trying to shoot, hit the the, the water or the the creatures? Or uh, what am I trying to hit? Yeah, like last time when you shot the arrow, the ooze went away for a bit. And I'm hoping if you shoot it in the water, at least give me a pathway and I can run and I can try to hit this bone whale, see if anything actually hits it. Dog, I mean, I think that it only works for people. Well, not people, like creatures and stuff. How do you know? You just found it. All right, I'll, I'll do it. Okay. All right, Anara, it is now your turn. Tracy delaying his turn. I'm going to pull up the shadow cowl around my neck and blink up into the shadow of the lip. So I'll be two or three feet into this area behind the light cast by the dancing light orb. Hell yeah. All right. I like it. You're on this massive, like terrifying black water slide that just like shoots you right forward. And then you look around and you're just in the lip of this cave. Oh, yeah, like I pull the cowl up around my head so that it sort of like hangs over my eyebrows like two or three inches. Mm. And I think just sort of tense my whole body and screw my eyes shut. And then when I open them, there was some kind of like rushing sound sensation. I feel a little dizzy and then I end up on that lip. Cool. Inside of the cave is another statue. This statue is another humanoid with regular sized arms. But this one is squatting and it is holding a boulder on top of its shoulders. Johnny, it's your turn. I'm going to delay my action to after Alonzo shoots the bow and arrow, and I see what happens. Okay. I will, as a bonus action, cast Shillelagh on my quarterstaff. Great. And it's all a powered. Thanks. Great. 
Alonzo takes another arrow out of his quiver and he's like, I only have one more cursed one left. I hope this one works. And he uh, knocks it back. as a free action. <laughs> he knocks it back on his bow and trains an eye on one of the fish that he saw attack the black goose. And he fires it directly into the water. And he waits a second and nothing happens. All right, well, we tried that. Thanks, Alonzo. Uh, I did it. Let me know if you have any other ideas. No, that's it. Okay. Can you walk on water? No. Damn. I'll try to get this medallion to work. You think that's that's a good idea? Probably not. Okay. What I'm going to do is try to shoot my long of the law towards Jamie and see if I can grab him. Okay. Yeah, as soon as you guys start attacking this thing, Jamie looks up and he's just banging on the ribs and he says, let me out of here. I can't get out from the inside. I don't know what's going on in here. Jamie, try to grab onto this hook. Here, I rolled good. Well, I would love it if you told me what it is. It was a 17 plus three for a 20. Hell yeah. You cast the law. Whenever you use the long arm of the law, I always think it's like a fishing rod. It's like you throw it all the way back and you cast your arm, but twixt the rib cage. Uh, and it grabs Jamie right from the, uh, his front. And he goes, okay, I guess we're doing this. Johnny, are you hopping back in? Yeah, I'm going to cast Blade Ward on myself and sidle up next to Alonzo. All right. I like it. It is now the bone whale's turn. First, it rears its massive bony tail up and is targeting Tracy. That is lower than your AC. So the bone whale tries to whop it down upon you, but this is about five feet to your left. And it opens its toothy maw upon Johnny and tries to take him out. No plus. That is a natural 20 for the bone whale. Is that good? No plus. No plus. That is a very good. No, no plus. No plus. I think you that's blade a, warded yourself. That's a, I did blade ward myself. That you did. Oh, thank God. <laughs> so that's... Uh, the whale opens its mouth and chomps upon you, but the blade ward fends off some of the teeth so you're not hurt as much, and you take 70 points of damage. 17 points of damage. 17 points of damage. I heard 70. For those uh, counting at home, I'm at 22. You are very bloody. I'm bloody. You have like a cool black eye and you're nice. bleeding from your nose now. Oh, great. Okay. All right, Anara, it's your turn. I'm going to delay my turn until I see how Tracy's grapple works out. And that puts Alonzo next, doesn't it? Yes, it does. Okay. Alonzo is going to just fire another arrow at the whale. And he hits, and he does eight points of damage. Yay! It just kind of it hits the bone, and the arrow launches in there, and the bone whale is unhappy with Alonzo. Great. The bone doesn't, like, blink out of existence with my grapple in it, does it? No, it does not. Okay. So was it really the power of belief that made that arrow work? If so, I may accidentally be the most powerful wizard of all time. <laughs> I think you are. <laughs> As Alonzo fires the arrow at the bone whale, it turns towards him. And it opens its mouth and again lets out a massive ear-splitting wail. All of a sudden, he's just shaken to his core. He is shivering and he is extremely frightened. And he's like, uh, I'm not, no, I'm not going to attack that thing anymore. Never mind. Sorry. Cool, great. Thanks, Alonzo. Tracy, it's your turn. All right, so I'm going to try to reel in my newfound friend. Nice. Jamie. So I'm making a strength check. Yeah. I want a Tracy long arm of the law gone fishing thing. By what I can see over there, I sense that, that a good, good time happened 
I got a four plus three, four A's, and And the bone whale got way higher than you did. So as you try to reel Jamie in, whatever's holding him in there is not happy with you. You're literally like pushing him against where you think these ribs might separate, and he just like can't come through. What you do see though, is there is some weird black goop that is traveling up your arm. It's slow, but it is a clambering up your arm. I think it's my turn now, right? Yeah, go ahead. I am going to grab the weird squatting statue in my left hand and with my right kind of hold the side of my shadow cowl and I'm going to blink into the dim belly of the whale. Okay. Investigation or arcana, you can choose. Arcana, please. Okay. Nine plus two for an 11. Okay. You grab the statue off of the pedestal and you blink into the belly of the beast. As you look at Jamie, he is just as angry and he looks fine, except this weird black goo is surrounding him. Like he got dipped in mud or something? Yeah. Okay. The other thing, which you notice because this has happened to you before, you remember when you first got the shadow cowl? Yeah. And you put it on? Yeah. And it was as dark and inky and strange looking? Yes. You're getting the same feeling from this inky blackness that's on top of Jamie. But in, if it's at all possible, it's even blacker and darker. Uh, hey, Jamie, just hold on. I mean, if you could break me out, I'd like that. Anara, after you've blinked into the middle of the bone well, you hear another shaking sound. And the shaking is coming from directly above you. I will be casting Sacred Flame onto the bone whale. It needs to make a dex saving throw of 15. Yeah, the bone whale got a 14. Very good. 1d8. Ha! Great. 1 plus 4 for 5 damage. Okay. Uh, and the, it's flamey and it's fun. And yeah, it's that. Radiant and it, it's, fun. it's okay, so that's radiant damage. So that bone well takes a 10 damage. Hey! It's like one of those Chinese lanterns mm. that like floats down from the sky, just lands in its island bursts for 10 damage. I like that. It's very pretty. Okay. I'm sure it's not angry at me now. It's the bone well's turn next. Oh. And it is uh, taking please. a little chomp at Johnny the Warlock. I, I, did, I did nothing wrong. What's your AC? My AC is 13. Yeah, you take 20 points of damage. So, great news, everybody. I'm at two health. Johnny's getting a little bloody during this fight. So, Tracy, you're worried that he's going to do its tail out at you again. But instead, it pulls its tail back and wallops it against the wall of the cavern. And all around you, you see that some of the stone starts to crumble. And you're noticing that the water level is starting to rise. You guys all now have only 10 feet of shoreline. The water is now 40 feet, and Tracy, you are standing directly in the water. Make a wisdom saving throw. I'm so glad I make Tracy so wise. He's such a wise guy. He's character. a wise man. He's a wise guy. Nice. Well, I got a 10, and then I got a minus one, so now it's a nine. Nine. So, again, as the water comes up to you, those disgusting, like, rotten ghost fish gross stuff comes up to you and tries to, like, get all up in your face. They don't bite you, but they'll really just, like, surround you, and you feel queasy again. But then you remember you're a robot, and you can't be poisoned. <laughs> <laughs> I'm like, oh, yeah, 
yeah, I'm cool. I'm good. And you're like, and you're like, oh, I'm gonna hurl. Oh, and I don't have food because I'm a robot. And the hurl just comes out in a perfect cube. Yes. <laughs> it's like that you just put it back in your mouth. Ew. Snacks for later. Ew. Um, <laughs> you put snacks this whole time? <laughs> it's Alonzo's turn now, and he... He tries to shoot another one at the bone whale, but he's just too terrified of that thing, and he just runs away. It is now Tracy's turn. Here's the deal. Anara is inside. Johnny is still staring around, getting all bloodied and messed up, and you are still grappled onto Jamie, but Anara is standing nearby, and the goo is now slowly creeping closer. What do you do? Here's what I'm going to do. I have two attacks. So I'm going to put my shield away that I'm holding with my left arm. Sure. Grab my great axe and cut the chain of the long arm of the law. Cool. And then I'm going to fast movement up to the fish and recklessly attack him with my great axe. All right, I'm going to make you do an attack roll against yourself to how fine chopping your arm off is. Okay. 12 plus 3 for 15. Okay. You slice at the chain of the long arm of the law. It's a pretty clean cut. And remember, you still have like your regular arm on it. It's just like a cool glove. Right. But the chain is now just like falling into the water and starts to sink. And you actually don't see it hit the ground. It just kind of keeps sinking and sinking and sinking. So I'm going to throw my long arm of the law quickly back into my pack and then two arm run as fast as I can towards the bone whale with my great axe and take a chop out of its rib cage. I'm feeling barbecued tonight. All right, roll. I'm glad I have advantage with that reckless attack because I got a 17 plus 3 for a 20. Yeah, that's a hit. Oh, actually, my attack bonus is 5. I got 22. It's still a hit. (laughs) (laughs) Uh, As epic as this looked, I only did like 4 damage. All right, you do 4 damage. Good job. Great job. But it looked really really, really cool. It did look really cool, but you really didn't make a dent in the bone well. Anara, it's your turn. Thank goodness. So the long arm of the law claw fell off of... Jamie, right? Yes, Great. Would you characterize this whale as surprised? I would characterize it as surprised. It doesn't know you're there. That's great because I have advantage if I surprise a creature. And if I end up hitting, I have an automatic crit. All right, do it. So I'm going to use my two daggers to slash at the two sides of the whale's belly. Great. First one is seven. Next one is four. So seven plus six for a 13. All right, with one dagger, you try to plunge it into the bone whale, but nothing happens. So do the other one. I got 16 both times. So 16 plus 6 for a 22. Yeah, that's a hit. That's a crit. Do your damage, damage twice. 2 plus 3 is 5. 3 plus 3 is 6. 11 points of damage. Nice. All right, with the second one, you stab it, and the dagger goes into the ribcage, and that bone whale is unhappy because it did not know where that was coming from. Awesome. I'm going to twist the dagger on the way out to see if I can, like, crack the rib or, like, do whatever I can. Doesn't matter. And then I'm going to grab Jamie around the waist with one arm. I have still the statue in my other hand, and I'm going to use a shadow cowl to blink back into the archway from whence we came. Okay. You and Jamie are linked together during this shadow water slide and you show back up in the original archway that you came from. Anara, you look down at your hands and you have this black goop that is crawling slowly up your hands and it's making way up your shoulders and it's moving pretty quickly. We'll get to that in a second. Though, the rumbling that you heard before, the top of the 
dome in which you're in just opens up and five boulders just come crashing down from that top. I'm gonna roll a whole bunch of shit. And that is a 61 points of damage. Wow. The boulders come crashing down from the ceiling and they all five land on top of the bone whale. Tracy, you are standing directly underneath the bone whale, so please make a dexterity saving throw to get the hell out of there. Great. With my danger sense, I have advantage and dex when I dodge away from danger. And thank God, because that was a one. Ten. Nine plus one for a time. Tracy, you managed to dodge the way of some of the boulders, but you just can't get out of the bone whale crashing on top of you, and you take 21 points of damage. Got it. You are also prone and directly underneath the bone whale. You are not crushed by the bone whale, but, like, you are not looking good. So am I, like, floating in water? Yeah, now you're floating in water. And I'm down to 26 hit points. Nice. Johnny, it is your turn. Tracy just got hit by a bone whale. How do you feel about that? Not great. I'm going to assume the best thing I could do for Tracy is eliminate the thing that's on top of him. Mm -hmm. So I'm going to cast Guiding Bolt. I'm going to cast it as a second level spell. Okay. So it needs to make a ranged save of 15. Dexterity? Yes. All right, I rolled a 14. So I hit... What's Alonzo doing? Alonzo is scared as crap behind you. He is just okay. shivering. I like leaf. put my hand on Alonzo to try to calm him. And with the other hand, finger gun to the bone whale to the face and cast guiding bolt, which creates a flash of light streaking from my finger gun straight to the creature. Also, the entire creature is going to start glittering. <sighs> Not great. 10, 14... And then I add charisma. That's 18. It's not a lot, guys. 18 damage times 2. 36. 36. Okay. And until the next turn, any attacks on it have advantage. Okay, great. After the boulders destroyed the majority of this bone whale, it is just like flipping and flopping around with like fragments going everywhere. This is like a destroyed Halloween decoration. And now you have set it a glittering. Terrifying. It's haunting my dreams. Yeah, you do a bunch of damage to it. it. This thing is looking real bad off, man. Unfortunately, though, I'm also doing real bad off. It's the Bone Whale's turn again. Johnny, it no. is not happy that it keeps munching on you. Uh, could it perhaps not munch on me? I mean, listen, let's negotiate here. Hey, what's your AC? 13. I rolled a 13. Uh, okay, okay, wait, but let's negotiate for a moment. Here's here's why... Johnny, you take 12 points of damage, and you are unconscious and passed out. So next turn, I'm going to have to do death saving throws. Yes. <sighs> Guys, please? And again, it slams its tail against the side of the wall. And again, more rocks start to crumble, and the water level starts to rise, and all of you are in bad places. Anara, I need you to make a wisdom saving throw. 19 plus 1 for a 20. Oh, yeah. You and Alonzo, you guys get the gross stink up in your faces, but you are able to hold it together, and you guys don't toss all of your metaphorical fantasy cookies. All right, it's Alonzo's turn. Alonzo has stopped shaking it like a leaf after he sees Johnny get all amunched, and he pulls another arrow out of his quiver, and he knocks it back and says, this one's for Pop Pop. And he fires it towards the bone whale. 
And right where Johnny has dropped the Chinese lantern of your sacred flame, he shoots it right in the left eye. And all of the bones start to crumble. It falls apart in just dust floating upon this nasty pool. And Alonzo has beaten the bone whale. Come on. Come the fuck on. (laughs) And Alonzo holds his arms up in the air and says, Yeah, I did it! I'm running forward to try to drag Johnny out of the water. Okay. Anara, you dive directly into that nasty water as you're still getting covered in black goop. And the goop comes up over your neck and then your face and then the cowl. And the goop starts to just become part of the cowl. It just like envelops it and starts to envelop all of you and you feel yourself start to change. You feel like less corporeal. You feel like your sense of self is almost like going away. And you see a flash of white light and you are now standing in an all white room. And in front of you is Callie. And she says, you motherfucker. I'm stuck with you. Oh, my God. I'm going to hold up my hands and say, I am sorry about the sandwich. I was under some sort of charm spell and you just murdered me. Was it worth it? I am just going to hold up my hands and I am speechless. All right. Well, I guess we're stuck together. She grabs you by both shoulders and says, all right, you're with me. And you come back into the water and you look down at your hands. These hands are not your hands. They are purple and incorporeal and glowing. And you look down at your feet and you are much taller than you remember. And now the water just like isn't even touching you. You are just floating through it. And you watch Johnny's body within the skeleton start to sink down and down and down. You dive after the body, and you are just moving through the water like it's nothing. You even come to the skeleton, and you just move right through it. And you grab onto Johnny, and your hand just moves right through him. And the back of your head, Callie says, This one's on you. And you pop back, and you're back in your regular body. I'm going to grab onto the neck of his cloak and try to swim up. Okay. Tracy. Back on the surface, you get a hard slap right to the face. Ow! And Jan, it's Jamie. And he's like, you gotta wake up, robot! And he's just like banging your head into the water. He's just like standing, like right in the water where you're laying down in the water. It's like, we gotta get out of here now! Where's Johnny and Anara? They're da- they are down sinking with the skeleton. You and I, we gotta get out now! I can't just leave them! <sighs> Alright. Uh, okay. There's an exit. If we go down the hole where the bone whale and all this stuff is coming from, we're going to swim right through there. Can you hold your breath? I don't even breathe, dog. Uh, All right. Both of us together. Let's go. Let's do it. Hey, wait for me, guys. And Alonzo comes running towards you and says, I can't swim. I'm not good at swimming. JP grabs one arm around Alonzo's waist and says, all right, little guy, you're with me. All of you guys dive. I want Tracy and Anara to make strength checks. I got 10 plus 3 for 13. I have no modifier, so straight 8. 
Okay. Anara, you have enough strength to push through the skeleton mouth, but you're not getting much ground. As you make your way through the skeleton, you see <laughs> Jamie. He doesn't really swim. It's like he's running through water. He's just like sprinting no matter what surface he's on. And Alonso is holding his breath and his cheeks are puffed out wide. And Tracy is doing his best. It's a really fast donkey paddle, <laughs> but it's just like it's blazing forward. Johnny. May I do a uh, death saving throw? Sure. Johnny begins to glow small at first, but then a searing bright white light starts to emanate from him. For some reason, it doesn't blind you or anyone else in the water, but you feel like it could have be blinding. And for Johnny, he is transported somewhere else, although his body is still with Inara. Johnny, you feel like you're in just nothingness. It's not light. It's not dark. You're just kind of floating around until you see the ball of light that you recognize from your lantern come down from, it's not really the top, it's just like, it just kind of comes and appears in front of you. How, How do, do we, we fight, fight against, against the darkness, darkness encroaching, encroaching on our stars? As every star goes out, you are one step closer to the end. Watch the boy. It's not his fault, but he must be put back together. While I am still here, I have a request. Yes, Johnny? Can we eliminate this darkness that oozes through the water of Antopolis? That sounds possible. I can take care of that. Johnny begins to glow where he's standing in this plane, and in the real world, he begins to glow more fiercely to the point that it starts just searing through all of the water of Antopolis, eliminating this black shadowiness from the waters of Antopolis. Everyone just sees a flash of light coming from the river, and then everything's gone. The bonefish are gone. The monstrous bombolates are gone. The fishermen out on the river are just totally freaked out. A few of them fall in the water, but they realize that there's no danger here anymore. The clouds part from the sky, and it is yet another clear night in Antopolis. The five of you swim through this deep, dark cavern and surface right in the middle of the river. Alonzo, as soon as he surfaces, goes, <gasps> I, I've never swim that far in my life. <sighs> Jamie says, yeah, you didn't really do anything of anything, but uh, happy to be of service here. Tracy and Anara, you guys surface, and Johnny, even though he's glowed brightly, he's now returned to his regular form, and he's still passed out. Okay, so I'm going to use one arm to kind of keep his shoulders and head above water. And with the other, I'm going to hold up my hand to see if it's corporeal, if it's transparent, and just kind of like pat my neck, try to see if I'm myself or if there is shadow around. You don't notice anything different. Tracy sees that everyone is seemingly conscious, at least. 
yeah. and starts making for the bank of the ruins. I put my arm around Johnny as well and help Inara swim to the surface. Cool. With the two of you, you can pretty easily swim Johnny back to the bank of the ruins. And Tracy, you kind of pull him the, the rest of the way up on the, under the shore and throw him down and try to just lay him out as best as you can. And he's still unconscious. Anara, I don't... I don't know what to do here. How do we... I don't know what to do. I can't respond to Tracy, but I'm kneeling next to Johnny and sort of slapping his face lightly, trying to, like, open up the neck of his cloak to make sure he can breathe properly. I think I'll probably take the cloak off of his shoulder so it's not, like, weighing him down and just sort of fluttering around him, just trying to do something. He's he's supposed to save me. I don't save him. And I just look up at Tracy and say, I guess it's just us now. Anara, as you say that, Johnny begins to glow again. And it starts low and gets brighter and brighter like you're putting wood on a fire. And all of a sudden, Johnny bolts up straight and hops to his feet. Who's up to go for a swim, huh? (laughs) That is not funny! Johnny! We thought you were dead! You were dead! You were pretty dead! Pretty dead! Well, I mean, does the light die? No, it's fairly undying. I'm so mad at your puns and you! (laughs) Johnny, you open your arms wide for a big hug, and you guys notice that his shirt is noticeably too long on him. And Tracy, when he tries to put a hug on you, he's a foot shorter than you remember him before. What? Uh, what is this? Uh... Why are you at my chest now? (laughs) How much taller is he than me? Oh, you guys are very similar heights now. And I was just going to laugh. I guess uh, you just have to look up to me in spirit, huh, now, Inara? Oh, my God. Join the Party is brought to you by Brandon Grugel, Amanda McLaughlin, Michael Fichet, and me, Eric Silver. I am your host and game master. Brandon edits, mixes, and scores the show. Amanda manages our community and our digital life. And Michael archives, manual checks, and cartographs our world. Special thanks to our creative consultants, Connor McLaughlin, Julia Shafini, and Hetty Hunt. The party doesn't stop here. Make sure you catch the after party where we sit down to discuss what just happened and learn what could have happened. Just tap the next episode in your podcast feed. Join our community online by following at JoinThePartyPod on Twitter, Facebook, and Instagram. We've also got every episode up on our website, jointhepartypod.com. And you can email us questions or stories anytime at hello at jointhepartypod.com.
If you're enjoying this ride as much as we are, help the show out by subscribing to us in iTunes and leaving a quick rating. For even more Join the Party goodness, check out our Patreon. Just a few dollars will get you access to drawings, character backstories, bloopers, and so much more at patreon.com slash join the party pod. We'll see you in two weeks. You don't have to go home, but you can't stay here.